If you can't tell, or well, you can't tell because uh, this audio, but he's in his LA geared out. Got the the Dodgers, the the Lakers. You know, okay. Um, are you still a military police? Or yeah, yeah, I'm still active duty. I'm still in. Okay, he is a active military police and a designated marksman squad, aka that means he has a good aim on his rifle. So don't mess with him. And you also are a medic too, right? Well, I performed those duties, my, my deployment. So uh, I, I'm classified as an MP, um, done military police. Uh, I've done like uh, regular patrols and then I've done like SWAT um, where we have like entry teams, sniper teams. And then um, my first deployment, they made me a medic. And then my second deployment, they made me a designated squad marksman, which it's not really a sniper, but we work hand in hand with the sniper recon platoon. So. AKA, like I said, guys, he has a good shot, so do not mess with him, you know? <laughs> uh, Two-time uh, Bronze Star uh, with the Valor, and you're also a Purple Heart recipient. Yep, yep. And uh, Sean just released his book, Ghost of the Valley, which is a, uh, based off a true story about honor and sacrifice of a group of military police who have helped shape major combat operations in Afghanistan and also provides resources, uh, resources for soldiers, who suffer from PTSD. Um, man, uh, today, you know, we're going to just dive in, like I said, about just uh, mo staying motivated, dealing with mental health, uh, dealing with PTSD, because a lot of people, I don't think that uh, they know that they might be suffering with PTSD as, as well, um, especially, you know, uh, as a lot of people's lives are different from others, and some people grow up faster than others, and so... That, I think that would be good for a, a lot of people in my audience because I know a lot of people deal with trauma and stuff like that. So, And we'll talk also a little bit about your book. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, Kindle, and Nuke. I've never heard of Nuke before until today, so that is the first one. It's, I think that's Barnes and, Barnes and Noble's version of their of their digital platform. Okay, okay, see, so we're learning everything today. <laughs> All right, man, uh, starting a little bit, uh, first off, a uh, little bit about yourself, where are you from, what you do. Yeah, so um, uh, my name is Sean Ambrose. I'm from Los Angeles, California. Um, I've been in the military for 12 years now. Uh, I've been married to my wife, Amy, for nine. I've done two deployments to Afghanistan. Uh, I've been stationed in Fort Carson, Colorado, Schofield Barracks, Hawaii, Joint Base Lewis-McChord, Washington, and now I'm at Fort Leonardwood, Missouri, where I currently teach uh, the senior leaders course. And... Uh how long have you said you was, you've been in the military again? 12 years. 12 years. Jesus Christ. That is a yeah. long time. Thank you for your service, man. Thank you. Uh, so how did you get into becoming an author? Because, like, you know, that could be a little bit, you know, I, I'm pretty seem like far-fetched being in the military. I know how busy you can be. And I know, like, you know, finding time for your hobbies or doing other things can kind of be hard. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, dude, I'm like, I, I've always been a C average student at best. I'm not a very smart individual. I'm a, I'm a ground pounder. I'm a knuckle dragger. I just get things done. I like to work, um, you know, just, uh, just a hardworking American as you know, I, I like to live by that. 
Um, I like to hang out with people. I like to give back to people. Uh, I volunteer a lot of my time in the community. You know, there's nothing really crazy or special about me. I'm pretty average person all, all around. Um, but, you know, I, I felt like there, there needed to be something that needed to be done. Uh, you know, I'm an enlisted member. So, like, I didn't go to college and join to become an officer who are typically known as the more educated and well-known uh, uh, you know, authors and stuff. And so us enlisted, we're the guys that just walk into the recruiting station and say, give me a job. I want to go to war or whatever. And, and that's what we're known for. And so, uh, I wanted to kind of break that stigma that you, you know, you could be an enlisted member and you could come from a, a shitty place. You could come from a, a low income family or whatever, and you could still be successful and you can add a, an additional title to your name besides just a soldier in the army a title that you can carry on with you when you leave the service. Because at some point, this uniform's got to come off. Yes, sir. And when it does, uh, you know, you have to have some other type of credentials to to back you up when you leave leave service. So that's something I wanted to do. Uh, can you tell a little bit, uh, you were just talking about uh, the background growing up. Can you tell a little bit about your background growing up and how it shaped you going into the military? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't, I, I didn't have anything crazy happen to me growing up. I, I didn't have an abusive family or you know, anything crazy like that. I, I had a pretty good family that, that, that raised me right. Uh, my grandma was, was deep in honor and tradition and loyalty and stuff. And, um, nothing really like drove me to the military. I didn't have like a crazy childhood that like, I wanted to go take my rage out or I wasn't forced into it instead of going to jail or anything like that. It's just, I've always kind of had a, you know, I grew up watching war movies, Saving Private Ryan, shit like that. And, you know, I just, I kind of always had that, that, um, that duty to country kind of feeling like, man, I, I kind of want to do something bigger than myself. Um, and so, you know, I used to always play soldier in the backyard, with my cousins and stuff. So I kind of always wanted to. And uh, after high school, I did like a semester of community college and I was fucking, I, I was done with like with school. I didn't want to be there. I like skipped class. I, I don't think, I couldn't even tell you what I, what I went for. Um, and then my, and then I joined, I joined the army for my high school sweetheart because she was like, you ain't got no plan. And I was like, well, I'm going to go get a plan from the Army. <laughs> so I went down to the recruiting office and picked up a five-year plan. And, and when I told her I signed the contract, she's like, I'm leaving you. And I was like, I just joined for you. And, and I was locked in. I, I had to go. So, um, But now we, her and I are cool now. And, and uh, you know, she kind of pushed me in the right direction. It's what I needed. So, And that's, that's ironic because I just broke up with my high school sweetheart. Three, or she broke up with me three days ago. And it's it's literally like she's pushing me in that same right direction. Like she just wants me to focus and take this time to get right and focus on me and get better. But I'm a you know. dude. After my deployments, I'm a huge believer, man. I, I'm telling you, uh, you know, I'm not. I don't, how old are you? What? I'm 27. Okay, so you're not you're not like young, young, but you're not yeah. old, old like me. Yes, sir. So I'm I'm 31, and the army the army is known for the military in general. Any service is known for every year that you are in service. It's like an old saying that you add three years onto your life because of experience and the stress and all the other shit. And, you know, I've, I've faced death a lot in my life, like a lot. I mean, two years of my life was in Afghanistan, just day in, day out death. And I'm a huge believer in everything happens for a reason. I know it's cliche and it sounds fucking stupid, but man, is it fucking true. There's so many times I could have been two inches to the left and took a fucking bullet to the face or you know, been in this other truck that got blown up or whatever. And uh, I'm a huge believer and I mad mean, sucks that you got broken up with, but just like I was heartbroken, like a motherfucker when, when Denise left me, man, I thought she was the one, 
but it's what I fucking needed. I needed her to tell me I was being a little bitch and I needed her to push me in the right direction. And I needed to be alone and figure my own shit out. So, I mean, I, I don't know your situation, but hopefully you come out better on the other end of it. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not no hopefully. That's the same thing she told me. And that's just one of those things. I'm not a, a guy that, like, I know when I wanted to do something, I wanted to do it. I was just still stuck on, like, you know, getting everything that I wanted while still not doing the right things until the universe aligned it where you can't do that anymore. And that's when, like, it literally brought me something that I've been wanting for years, and then instantly it took it away just like that. So just knowing that I know, like, no matter what, like, you know, if we do become something in the future or if we don't, I know at the end of the day I got to get – better for myself because if not i might end up in a situation where i might not get a second chance to yeah. even do that again so it's yeah, going to be for the best good yeah that's good man so uh can you tell a little uh can you tell the audience a little bit about your book yeah so the book um the book is titled ghost of the valley and it's about my experiences in afghanistan it's uh it's a fairly short read i mean should i write like a fifth grader so it's not anything crazy <laughs> it's not it's not going to tell you some new leadership philosophy you've never heard before but it is going to be a it's very fucking raw, very raw, straight to the point. Um, it's very real uh, of emotion. And, and so it's it's 10 chapters long, but it's only nine readable chapters. Fairly short. You take the pictures out, you're looking at like 140 pages, if that. It's not anything crazy. Most people have been getting the, the reading done four or five hours straight. Um, and so it gets right to the point. And essentially, the 10th chapter is a just a plethora of resources, phone numbers, websites, uh, other things for veterans or really anybody who struggles with trauma or any form of trauma. It doesn't have to be combat related. Uh, and there's like suicide phone numbers, websites, things for people to go get help. And so that's all in chapter 10. So really there's only nine readable chapters in it. I didn't want it to be a biography about me, but I wanted it to be about experiences and things I witnessed and saw from other leaders and kind of how I grew up through the ranks. And it, it throws you, chapter one throws you right in the middle of a battle um, for my for my second deployment, so uh, it throws you right in there, brings you back, it's it grounds you, and then it builds you back up through the first and second deployment, and it hits on two major battles. So I'm not talking really sporadic things throughout the deployment. I hit on like major combat operation battles that like very significant events happened. Um, I won't get into too much detail, but the first big battle that seems to be everybody's, I want to say favorite, but. I guess they grasp a lot of emotion onto is uh, chapter five. And um, it's about a unit that we were attached to got cut off by uh, three snipers. Well, initially three snipers. One of these snipers was a Czechoslovakian sniper. He was hired by the Taliban and he had over 300 American uh, wounded or killed under his belt. He was an amazing shot. And he essentially took my LT uh, up the mountain or my LT was coming up the mountain and he essentially uh, knocked down a couple wounded Americans and cut them off and they couldn't escape. And so myself and seven others were part of a rescue team. We volunteered to go up and rescue them with little to no supplies, water or food or anything. And uh, it was a, a very harsh rescue mission in which the Taliban were, um, you know, they were, they were roaming the mountain with us. Uh, they were, you know, 75 feet from us the whole time. Um, and then it turned into, how are we going to get these wounded out of this kill zone when you have three snipers coming, aiming down at you? And it talks about what we did and, and stuff like that. And then um, that's the night that I became wounded when a B-10 rocket slammed into the mountain. Um, 
Broken Arrow was called. And for those who, who aren't familiar with military lingo, Broken Arrow is an old Vietnam era term that was used for a unit that's on the verge of being overran or overwhelmed. And if they do not get air assets, uh, we will all die essentially. And so every air asset that was available in Afghanistan had to come to our location uh, and support us in some way so that we could get out. And so that, that, that's a very emotional um, chapter because my LT did die in that chapter. I became wounded. There was three other wounded, four of the wounded. Um, and, then, and then the next biggest battle is chapter eight in which, again, long story short, we go to help out uh, a convoy that was cut off. And I, again, was working in a medic role. And I went out by myself to rescue this guy that was uh, shot I rescued him and then we had to pretty much hold our ground and we were surrounded and it was uh, 16 of us Americans versus 150 uh, enemy fighters. And so we, we held our ground for about an hour um, and it talks about the details of that battle and they got within eight feet of us. So yeah, it was, it, we were just rolling hand grenades on the other side of the truck and stuff. So yeah, that's very, like you said, very raw and very yeah, like, yeah. it's not for the weak hearted, like it's just going to come straight at you. It sounds like, yeah. and it sounds like it's a good, not only a good uh, read for people to not only learn uh, about just PTSD, but also get some gain some experience about like what goes on in some of these missions and how close that you can be to not only the enemy just uh, to, to death. But, you know, yeah. that's just, you know, that's crazy. And that's one thing that like, you know, for years people told me I should write this book and I, I kind of just took it as a compliment and I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Like I'm not going to put myself out there. That's like, I don't want to be really vulnerable with all my information out there, but you know, I, I figured I started writing this last November. It took me two months to write completely the whole book. And, um, and I was just pounding it away. And this is before Corona happened. This is before all these fucking riots happened and shit. And then I decided to release the book and I felt like, I felt like, you know, I, I can't speak for every civilian or anyone who's not in the military, but I felt like in a way that this, not that this fucking book is going to change the world. It's not going to get in every person's hands, but I felt like this needed to bridge the gap between the veteran community and the civilian community, um, because there's a lot of civilians that like, okay, yeah, they know we've been at war for 19 plus years. We, this is the, Afghanistan's the longest war in our history. Um, we've beat out the civil war. We beat out Vietnam war. Like, and, and we, you know, millions of our own over 19 years have gone to this country and, and fought. And uh, I want to bridge that gap so that civilians can understand what people have done for their country over there. And I feel like in a way, you know, we need to fuck, man, America needs to take a step back and, and realize, you know, like there, there's a lot of good people out there. I mean, this whole cop bullshit and people trying to tear the country apart. And the only people, not I won't say the only, because there are some good civilians out there, but it's like the veteran community needs to be the one to hold it together. Like, we fought for this bitch. I'll be, be damned if, like, we're going to let our country tear each other apart. And so, I, I, you know, we hope that this book could be a good staple to be like, like, don't forget, what, you know, when we were over there, it wasn't about color or nothing. Fought next to black dudes, fucking white dudes, Asian motherfuckers. Like, it didn't matter. We were fighting for each other as fucking Americans. And the rest of our country needs to fucking realize that and a lot of these dudes went over there and fucked themselves up physically and mentally for everybody else and we didn't we don't want to come home to see all this so i thought this was a good time to release the book so that people can i don't know just get an eye opening of our his, or a piece of history i guess 
that's that's a one thing about me that I love to do is uh, I love to play devil's advocate. I love to sit and at least um, I'm the person that's like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, I I get that he did this, 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 and we're going to we're about to you know throw him off a bridge or whatever and crucify him. But let me just first hear where he's coming from, and I just like to get both angles because when you do, you can uh, you can put your you I, I won't be able to put my self in your shoes but i can go ahead and understand like yo this dude he's not he's not saying that because he's coming out of hate or he doesn't understand where i'm coming from or he doesn't maybe agree it's just because this guy has literally been this close from you know not having all of this and i think i think all of us a lot if you haven't been in that aspect you will have some type of entitlement or some type of yeah. just unawareness where you just like oh, whatever you think you can do whatever you want and people here like i fought for your country but until they read a book like this or talk to somebody like you face to face they're not really going to you know compartmentalize the two to two yeah i mean that's a good point i mean and, and to an extent like you, you i mean you're completely right like no and even then fuck no matter no matter there's no book or video should I, I could, I mean, I showed you the video. I, there's literally, I, even that it's hard to understand and comprehend until you're in those positions. And I guess in a way the veterans aren't asking for everyone to understand what it's like to go to war. I mean, that's, that's why we do it. Like we literally go to war for people who don't want to, or are not able to, um, to do it. You know, the, the handicap, the mentally, uh, uh, unstable people, um, who can't fight for themselves, you know, when other people in this world, like, say, ISIS or China or whoever else wants to be our enemy, if, if they could, they'd slit those people's throats. And it's our job to put ourselves in front of them so that the people who are unable to fight, Amer- you know, un- Americans who are not able to fight, we can do that for them. And so we take a lot of pride into that. And then when people start shitting all over the flag or this or that, I mean, I understand what um, I understand the the other side of it, you know. Um, I, I see both sides, but it just still it still stings, you know, because we wrap up a lot of our buddies in those flags. So that's the shitty part. And that I mean, that messes with our PTSD. That messes with our health because we come home and see this, and we're like, "Bro, I'd rather be back in Afghanistan than here." Yeah, you know, because you, so, feel, un- you, you feel unappreciated. Like uh, that, that's I another mean, thing. It's my buddies that died. Yeah. I'm still. I mean, I'm appreciated. Fuck, bro, I'm living in this nice ass house. I got my dogs. I'm fucking got, I got some drink. I'm, yeah. I'm living, I mean, I can't complain. I'm getting a paycheck. Like, you know, yeah, it hurts a little bit for myself, but fuck, I feel even worse for the dudes that aren't here no more because they gave up all of their tomorrows to, to enjoy all these amenities that we have. Um, and so that's where, that's where it kind of stinks is for those who've seen the death side of it kind of thing. So. Especially if they have kids and families, you know, that's a, uh, I would never figure when I was a, uh, Cause I live in I live in uh, Abilene, Texas, so it's home of the B one bombers, and I think they got the the next upgrade of B ones too. I don't know if it's B two or something like that. And uh, I don't know aviation. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's Air Force. So, uh, but like, uh, it, it's a pretty big. Like, I know when back in the day when they had the terrorist watch list, it was on like a top ten, um, being like one of uh, Osama bin Laden's like you know places to. To hit, to to hit and whatnot. So, our town. I'm so I, I'm pretty. I've, I'm more familiar with it than normal people who haven't. Texas, yeah, Texas yeah. is a whole other beast, though. You know, 
And so, yeah. but when I was in the sixth grade, it really hit me because I played football and I, uh, for my Pop Warner League and one of our coaches, I played for the Jets and all of our coaches were military. And uh, one of them went uh, during the season, he got deployed. And I remember like he didn't make it. Like, you know, they came back and told him, you know, you know, he passed away and stuff like that. And I just remember just sitting like, man, this guy was literally right here coaching me, like telling me to hit this guy like this. And then like weeks to a month later, he's, you know, gone. And I just remember seeing his son like go Crazy. from this really good football player to like a shell. Like he just pushed everything away. And so that was probably like the first time that made me realize like and my godfather he he went to he he uh was a mechanic on the planes during the gulf war and whatnot but it's just like those two incidents when i seen both of them just leave but one did one didn't come back and one did it was just like man that is very like that's crazy you can't put it in the words it's just yeah. like you just have to appreciate everything that you have around you yeah no for sure man so, um, just, uh, when you came back over here, did you have to, did you deal with PTSD any, or? I was dealing with PTSD over there, but, you know, we're so busy, it, you know, it kind of get pushed to the side a little bit, but, you know, I had to talk to some people while I was there, but, you know, we're, you know, we're going on mission every single day. We're taking contact every single day. You know, we're waking up. I mean, fuck, we couldn't enjoy a holiday because they knew what our holidays were. They were hitting us on holidays. Fuck, they, we couldn't even enjoy, I remember Super Bowl. Fuck, man, we wanted to watch Super Bowl. It was like, this 2009 is my first deployment, and we were just trying to watch Super Bowl. We stayed up all, all night. It was like 3 a.m. our time in Afghanistan to watch it live, and we, like, just went down and got, like, 45 minutes of sleep, and they started rocketing in our fucking, you know, where we lived and shit. I remember just standing in the tower, like, fuck, man. Like, yeah, it was fucking, it was hectic, man. But, um, yeah, when I got back, it was bad. My first deployment, when I got back my first deployment, I didn't have anybody. I describe it in the book a little bit, but, there was a moment um, that I described really well that I remember vividly. I started like, you know, when I first, when I first got back from my first deployment, I wasn't married. I was a single soldier. Um, you know, I, my family wasn't able to come uh, to see me come back from Afghanistan. So I, I literally just got off the plane. They, they brought us back to the barracks. Uh, I remember they couldn't get our, our, our stuff out of storage for like a couple of days or some shit. So we just had whatever was in our backpack and whatever we could go buy real quick. And that's it. And I remember walking into the barracks room. They gave me my key. I go in there. I didn't have a roommate. And uh, it was literally just me by myself. And it was an empty room, uh, just a table, a chair, and a bed. They put a pillow, uh, a pillowcase, and a wool, old school World War II green wool blanket on the bed. And then they had like a bag of like chips and candy that like the the um, like the unit put there, or whatever for like like welcome home kind of thing. And I remember. I could, I walked in the room and I could hear the cars passing outside in the street. And it was like dead silent though. Nothing. I couldn't hear anything. And, uh, I sat on the bed. I pushed the wool blanket off to the side. I grabbed a bag of chips and I leaned up against the brick wall in the barracks room. And I just sat there and like, I didn't have my weapon anymore. I, I slept with my weapon for a year. I didn't have my friends around me. Um, it was weird and I hated it. And I felt so alone and useless and I felt like my purpose was gone. Like I was, I was, I had purpose every day I woke up. It was to go take the fight to the enemy. You know, I was with my, my buddies. We were, you know, had good times, bad times. And then I, just at a flash, I'm at home in the U.S., the U.S. of A. I'm just sitting there like, like now what, you know? And then my second deployment was, was worse. Uh, 
you know, I choked, I choked the shit out of my wife in my sleep on, I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know. I mean, it's, it's yeah. It's funny. I mean, her and I laugh about it now. I mean, I've, I've gotten better over the years, but cause she likes to wrap her fucking her head, uh, you know, with the blanket or whatever. And, you know, this is after the second deployment when I had the Taliban eight feet from me. And so I, I remember them wearing their fucking wraps in their face and shit. So I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw that and I just, I fucking freaked and I started choking the fuck out of her. Cause I started thinking when they were, they were, they were rushing us. And uh, yeah, I mean, but, but it, it got better pretty quick. Uh, I got help. I, I, I talked to some counselors. Um, you know, I talked about my experiences and, and then talking about these experiences and the trauma uh, honestly just helped me cope with it. So, I mean, I, I always recommended that no matter if your trauma is rape, fucking car accident, whatever the case may be that you, your is your trauma. I'm telling you, if you talk about it and you do it, re- you know, in repetition, yeah, it, it gets better. Like it gets easier to talk about. But if you let that shit just sit in you, you just plant a seed and you just let that shit grow into something you can't handle anymore. So I'm the king of that. I'm I, I tell people I'm like top ten suppress your feelings in the world. Like, <laughs> no, man, I, you can't do that. I am the king. That's why I. That's why I reached out to you like when I was interviewing the numerologist earlier before you. She went over the time, but I didn't want to like cut her off because she was just she had so much good information. And I was just like, my anxiety came up. I'm like, oh snap, I'm getting close to schedule. Like I got a counseling session and I gotta interview Sean. And that's when just like something came over me that's never I've never felt like this before. And it was just like, just breathe, text him, explain. Yeah, exactly. And just go to counseling. And then, like, when I left counseling, I was just like, wow, like, I'm I'm looking around, like, do I feel better? Like, do I not feel better? And it's just like, I, I just seen it, like, my brain is, like, starting to go again, like, just function and just actually just, like, it's kind of like I was just sitting there and just, like, an idle the whole time. And now I'm finally, like, starting to press on the gas and it's just, like... I was just like, yeah, I gotta do this again next Friday, and then it was just like, oh, now I gotta. Now it's just like I clicked that off, and I'm going back to the office to interview you, and it's just like, do you get anxiety when like a bunch of shit pops up and like overwhelms you? Yeah, that's that's when it pops up the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. I, I get the same thing, and the best thing I do that I that I've realized like. Like, even with my job in the military, as strict and disciplined as we're all supposed to be in the military, like, shit pops up. Sometimes, I, you know, I might be close to missing an appointment and piss off my supervisor or whatever. But I'm at the point in my life and career at my age where I'm just like, you know, if all these things start happening and I'm like, fuck, I missed this. And I got too many about to overwhelm me. Like, I just calm the fuck down and I go, okay, first off, no one's fucking dying. All right. So that we're good. Yeah. Right. And then I go, let's not try to attack every single one of these tasks. What's my 50 meter target? hit my 50 meter target first. And then I'll worry about my hundred and my 150 and my 300. But the minute I start to look at all my different targets popping up, I'm going to start freaking the fuck out. Calm down. Your other targets are farther away. They're not going to hit you. Hit that 50 meter target first, knock that motherfucker down, take care of that and move on to the next one and keep working your way out. But the minute you let every single one of those targets overwhelm you, you know, there's no reason to try to aim for that 300 meter target and you missing fucking it up. And you you got that 50 meter target right there in front of you. You know what I'm saying? So, that that's the best way that I, I, I try to um I try to analyze it and, and get things done, prioritize and, and just like kinda calm myself down. So um that, that's actually a good segue for our next my next question. Um do you have any like positive tips for people to cope with PTSD and not only that, just some like anxiety in general and depression yeah. maybe? I mean, obviously like I said, talking about it. 
uh, finding finding a mentor to talk about it. Mentors don't need to be of a specific age. You can be younger, be older. Typically, they're older because they have more experience and stuff, but um, they don't need to be an immediate supervisor. They could be someone outside your family, a friend. Um, have a mentor that you could go to, talk to uh, about certain things who can play that devil's advocate and be that third party listener and and get you to understand things or see things that you're not seeing yourself. Um, and then obviously there's plenty of resources out there. Phone, uh, like I said, the phone numbers and websites out there. I mean, there's shit. There's, you could literally Google, um, anxiety live chat. And there's like people that you could literally go fucking talk to on your phone. Like we're so into our phones these days, use it. Yeah. Use it to your best ability and go onto these chat rooms that you could talk to people. Um, if you need it, you know what I'm saying? Live right then and there. It's, it, they don't know what you look like. They don't know your name. Uh, they don't know nothing about you and you can get everything off your chest and not have to feel like it'd be different talking to like, say your mom and you it'd feel embarrassed or blah, 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 whatever. So you have these third party people that you could go to these counselors and stuff like that. Um, and then, and then find a hobby, find something to get your mind off of it. When I got back from my deployment, like I used to be the skinny little scrawny kid and I, I had to go to the gym. Like I, I, like I didn't want to get into drinking, didn't want to get into drugs. Um, fishing was too boring to me because then I sat there thinking about everything, just yep. waiting for the fish. So I was like, no, I have to be active. I need to find something that I can get my mind off of uh, my anxiety and stuff. And so the gym was my place too. And I'm not even like a big, if it was up to me, dude, I'd sit in bed all day eating pizza and playing PS4. But you know, I'd go to the gym because I could take my anger out. I get my anxiety out. I could, you know, that's, that's like my place I go to for an hour or two a day. So, and that's just me personally, but everyone has their own hobbies. Maybe it's just playing video games all day, being by yourself, which is fine. Um, but I would say never try to attack something by yourself. Like literally nobody's gotten to this point in their life, no matter how successful or not successful they are by themselves. You didn't come into this world by yourself. There's no reason you should fucking do this whole thing by yourself. So you need to find somebody. And y'all just not messing out Matt Byron Jr. Okay. I can, <laughs> I can definitely beat this traumatic uh, battle by myself. I was just like, yeah, I man. thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my anxiety said what the fuck are you doing that <laughs> <laughs> it's and because it's so crazy because i remember uh i remember i hit a car or no i wrecked i fell asleep and i wrecked my uh work car a month in working for uh the Milan airport and i fell asleep it was so crazy and then like for like a good month and a half i just like i was afraid of park i was afraid of like you know I ended up like dinging another car, like just overthinking stuff. And I was just like, it just came to the point where like, I remember that's probably like the most successful, quickest battle where I was just like, dude, you got to drive a car every day. You got to park car every day. Like just get over this. And just like, I just remember coaching myself and just taking deep breaths and just, you know, continuing. And now I'm just like, I'm back at it again. But it's just, it's so crazy how traumatic events can throw your brain process out of a loop yeah exactly yeah uh but traumatic events man like in and ptsd and depression and anxiety like you just said um distractions are good healthy uh, remedies for us but it can like i say it can be a hard time to just even be motivated to get out of the bed like you know when you're in that funk so what is something that people can do just to even get motivated just to even yeah that's that's the hardest part that's the hardest part and i've been dealing with that i mean fuck that's a day in day out thing for me like um you know even just 
even though I know my hobby or my outlet is to go to the gym, yeah, there's days I don't want to go to the fucking gym or I don't have the energy or I got three, four hours of sleep. And I'm like, dude, it would be ridiculous for me to go to the gym. Like, be smart, stay in bed for those three hours instead and have a good fulfillment and work today instead of losing those three hours of sleep. But there's another part of me where like, I've played devil's advocate with myself and I tell myself, stop being a fucking bitch. Like, it's gotten to that point. I mean, I mean, and, and that might just come with my experience in the military. It's very a lot of alpha male personalities, a lot of fucking grunts, you know, just balls to the wall type people that I work with, and that that has a lot to do with it of what I've grown up with in my twelve years in the military. Um, and it's not always like that in the military, but I've seen it to where I can talk shit to myself and get myself moving, and even then. If not, I go to like YouTube videos. I go to like CT Fletcher, and I have this motherfucker cussing me through the YouTube videos. Yeah, bro, motherfucker. So like, I watch his YouTube videos, you know, and and then other times, if it's not uh, physically related, like CT Fletcher, I'll look at like um, like motivational speakers who talk about finance and business. And I'm not a businessman, but I but I listen to their their inspirational stories. And one of the best inspirational YouTube videos I've ever watched. Uh, and I just practice. I'm, I'm a fan girl is fucking Will Smith has a YouTube video that he has like all of his best motivational quotes in this thing. And like, man, he talks about, I remember, uh, he talks about building the, I don't know if you ever heard of it, building the greatest wall. Have you ever heard him say that? He, Will Smith talked about, uh, when he was little, he, he got told by his dad, uh, I want you to build this wall. And they freaked out anxiety because they were like, fuck man, how am I going to build this? I'm a, you know, he's younger. He's like, how am I going to build this wall? It's ridiculous. And his dad taught him, don't think about the in-state. Why are you thinking about the wall? Think about the single brick, lay that brick as perfectly as a brick can be laid and then lay the next one. And then soon enough, you will have a wall focus on the little things. And I was like, man, like, fuck man. And so like, I listen to these things and I try to remember them and I apply, I try to apply them to my life. So and honestly, it does in there's no but there's no video, there's no person or anything that's going to get you to want to do these things. You have to have some sort of self-discipline. You have to have some type of drive to want to be better or, you know, beat your mind or whatever the case may be. So it, it is a lot of self-discipline. You gotta practice with it. So because that's what I was gonna say, like, yeah, like the military is alpha and you know, you got like this whole aggression, but it's just like you can't be the other way or you're not going to be able to be successful. Like we can't afford you no offense to be soft right now, because if so, you're going to not only cause you to might be able to lose a life, you might cause one of your uh, teammates to lose, to, to lose a life. And we're trying to make sure, you know, we all come back and, you know, one piece. So it just makes sense. And, you know, I think that's the one thing that I personally don't agree with society because i'm a shit talker i love to talk shit i love to just i i also do that i use that for motivation and just like perfect in the military then there's a bunch yeah. of shit talkers in the military. <laughs> and it's just like you know like sometimes you just gotta like get that you know fuel going and nowadays like a lot of that is linked to bad or wrong on being aggressive and it's just like man like if you're not aggressive or if you're not going out there and taking you know, you're allowing someone else to take and get that opportunity. So it's just like, you know, I would say, I would say don't worry about it. I would say the people that are saying that whole being aggressive thing, I, I would ask, well, let me see what successes do you have? 
Yeah. So I bet you those little pussies that they don't, <laughs> they don't have as many successes as you do because their mentality is weak compared to yours. So I would say continue with this uh, with the aggressive attitude and that drive, no matter what it is. Like, and, and again, sorry for the military talk, but like because we we're just sadistic motherfuckers. But like you got to be aggressive in, in everything. Like if that means. I'm going to wipe my ass is perfectly as a fucking ass can be wiped. I'm going to be aggressive in this motherfucker. Any, anything and everything that I do has to be aggressive. That's like the best mentality you can have. And, and like I said, it doesn't need to be aggressive, like physical aggressive. It could just be like, you know, it could be just your routine, your eating habits. It could be your sleep. Like, be aggressive, meaning being consistent in whatever it is that you're doing. That's gonna, That's what's going to get you success. Because I'm, I'm, I'm really good at eating, like on a Friday. Oh, don't worry, bro. I have pizza tonight. Don't worry. But, <laughs> but it's just. But then I'll go on a couple of days where, like, I might not eat until eight o'clock. Yeah. So no, I feel you. It's just one of those things. Um, do you think that there's a negative stigma on today's uh, viewpoint on mental health? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I see that bunch in the military too. Is you know, oh, if I go talk to the counselor, I'm going to de- be deemed as weak or, um, you know, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get this job because I'm not mentally stable or I tell you, that's all lies. Um, you know, you need to get seen. Uh, you know, I can't I can't say um, what exactly it was because I had signed a non-disclosure agreement. But I'll say that, um, you know, my deployments happened 2009 to 2012. And then in 2015, I was asked and invited by the United States Army Skills Evaluation Detachment to be um, to come to their assessment and selection uh, for the uh, for a special missions unit. I can't say which one; it's all classified. But um, you know, and I got there, and they did a full physical and mental evaluation of me. And if I could pass that with my PTSD and my traumatic brain injuries and stuff, there's no. And, and the special operations community is willing to take that and put me in some of those dangerous situations that the the world has to offer. Then there's no reason that anybody else in any other career field should feel that they can't go get help because it's going to hold them back within their career. If anything, it shows that you're a stronger person for trying to be resilient so that they need to go get help and get seen for their mental health. You say you're an average person. This, you see this guy said he was average. You're not average. I, I do. Swear, yeah. yeah. Trying out for the, trying out for the Rangers or the green Rays no, and stuff no, like that. No, no. You look at you. Yeah. It's, all, <laughs> it's all mental, man. It's all mental. I honestly didn't think I was going to get accepted. Um, Cause you have to fill like an application and it's like a 20 page application and they do, dude, it's fucking crazy that you actually give them access to your phone in your house and like they hack your phone and shit. And, um, they, they monitor you. And, and if they like what they see, they'll send you an invitation to come try out. Um, it's not special forces. It's a whole nother thing, but, um, but yeah, I didn't think I was going to get accepted and I did. And it was like one of my greatest achievements, even though I didn't make it all the way through cause I got medically dropped. Um, I, I had fucked my back and my hip up, but but still, you know, I, I think anybody could do that. Like, like I said, I, I don't have the the highest, you know, physical fitness scores. I'm not the smartest motherfucker, see average kid. But fuck, if I could do it, it's just drive and determination. Plain that and simple. heart, though, that's the main thing that a lot of people, you know, lack nowadays. Just oh yeah. The heart, so. Do you think the government uh, should provide all people that are actively or you know if they're retired and coming back? from overseas, do you think they should provide the proper uh, access to counseling and therapy and help and stuff like that? 
Yeah, I, I think you could always be better. I mean, they have those services and stuff, and they have the VA, and, um, you know, these people are willing to go and fight for their country and, and everything that, that we live by and, and our way of life. The, the least you can do is have somebody sit there and listen to them if they need someone to, to talk to, whatever. I mean, and I'm not saying that the, the government doesn't have these services, but they could always do a better job um, because obviously the numbers don't lie and the suicide rate is too high, and that just shows us that something's not working. So what you have in place needs to be relooked. I don't know what that is because I'm not I'm not intelligent enough, and I'm, I don't know I don't know what that is because I don't know the system that well. So I can't speak on that. But something uh, from someone who's smarter than me needs to figure that shit out because obviously we have an issue. So um, yeah, they need to fix that shit. And uh, just one more question, real quick. Uh, one tip that you could give anybody uh, that's listening right now to just who is ready to just overcome all their mental health issues and dealing with PTSD and trauma and stuff like that. If you can just give them one tip, but they're still afraid to like take that initial uh, approach. Um, like I said, man, you, you, you gotta find someone to talk to and uh, you know, and, and then you could link my stuff onto your podcast. Afterwards, yes, but like, like, they could hit me up. Fuck. If they honestly feel that, that there's no one to talk to you, I'm telling you, I'm sitting right here. You call me, text me, hit me up on Messenger, whatever the case may be. I'll, I'll listen to whoever it is. I always check my requests just in case there is somebody. Uh, I do with my veteran community a lot. So, um, but you, you can't, like I said, you can't do it alone. You need to find someone to talk to. You need to find some resources. You need to have that self development or that self discipline to figure out when something's wrong and get fixed. There's no reason that anyone should feel so alone. And so broken that they have to go and take their own life uh, and cause pain on, onto others. Like literally nothing is, and there's people that have been through some traumatic shit, way worse than I have. Uh, but there's still no reason that you should take your life for any of that. Uh, you're obviously still here. You need to use your pain for your future success and then take that pain to figure out how to help other people. So I, I, I refuse to let my pain uh, in my past um you know, problems, you know, make who I am uh, to the point where I, I'm uncontrollable. I, I use my pain and, and, and past, uh, I guess, dramatic experiences or whatever to help other people get through theirs. Right. And I understand that not everyone thinks like that, but I'm telling you, there are people like me out there that are willing to help. You just got to reach out and talk to somebody, like literally let somebody, even if that is going onto your Facebook and putting on a, on your wall on your post, I need fucking help cry for help if, if that's what it takes and somebody will reach out you know what i'm saying so just don't be afraid to be alone um so uh where can they reach you at and uh at most importantly where can they purchase one of your books yeah so um, for my book again it's called ghost of the valley you can find it on amazon nook or kindle um we're working on an audio book right now we'll be done here soon um, my Facebook is Sean Tobias Ambries, S-E-A-N-T-O-B-I-A-S-A-M-B-R-I-Z. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram, Chief underscore Pink Mist. If anyone in the military knows what Pink Mist is, little... <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I'll have to go with that one. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, Chief underscore Pink Mist. Uh, and then, like I said, message me, and, and, uh, and if you need someone to talk to, I'll message you right back. It's too easy. Man, that was awesome. Uh, because I, I remember when I first started working in Midland, there was this guy who I looked at him. He had this war tattoo, 
on his neck. And I was just like, man, this white dude. I, I was just like, he's going to be, he's going to cause me some trouble. And he ended up being like one of my really, really, really good friends. His name is Brian. I'm Byron. And our birthdays are on the same day. He's older than me. But he's uh, from Jacksonville. He went into the Army. He's just like one of those team army team guns team second amendment and i was just like i learned so much from him so that's what before if i didn't reach out to him and talk to him i probably would have felt afraid to reach out to you but you know dealing with him i was just like oh no this is going to be cool and you have a message that i i I love to promote on here you know mental health so i knew it was going to be a good talk and it was so yeah. thank you again for uh, taking your time out and joining the show. Yeah, man, of course. Anytime. No doubt. Hey, and I'm definitely going to be in contact, Sean. I'm going a, I'm to a send you a message. I'm going to be like, hey, Sean, I'm stressed. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you got me on Facebook. I'm, got I'm you. here. So just shoot me a message whenever you need something. For sure. Yeah, I'm going to go check out your Instagram, too. All right, yeah, yeah. Hit me up on Instagram. I'm on I'm in Instagram a little more, so hit me up on that. Okay, I got you. All right, man. Uh, we'll definitely be in contact some more, man. So you make sure you have a good day. And, you know, keep on doing what you're doing for us, man. I appreciate it a lot. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. No doubt, man. All right, bro. I'll talk to you later. Later. Yo, you already know who it is. Your boy DJ Jesus Warhol back here for another episode of that. Did I just hit this? Podcast. Who are you, by the way? You got to introduce yourself. Well, I wasn't given a, a cue for that one this well, time. Well, so I'm how do you want you want to learn you want to learn uh, radio etiquette real quick? No, I, I'll I got, teach you something. I got you. I got you. I got you. Say it. Say it. You just kept say, going. Say Samuel, that's what I'm about to teach you. All right. There that you I gave you your cue. You didn't right. take it. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yo, you already know who it is, your boy DJ Jesus Warhol back here for another episode of that. Did I just hit this podcast? And you already know who it is. It's your boy Sam, the goalkeeper. That's what you're supposed to say. All right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's try. Let's run it back in. All right. Man, you already know who it is. It's your boy DJ Jesus. We're all back here for another episode of that. Did I just hit this podcast with your boy Sam, the goalkeeper? And you already know who I am. I just said that. Shout out to my boy. He got it down. My boy got it down. Hey man, we're here for that interview segment. Um, you already know, you already know the drill. Uh, when my boy misses, I gotta catch him up on the homework so the teacher doesn't get mad at the both of us. You dig? So, uh, Sam, when you missed class yesterday, we had another special guest. Another one. Another one, bro. We had two back to back, back to back, like Drake. Hey. So Sean is currently an active military personnel. He's an officer. Okay. Missouri. I got that. He's a big dog. I want to say he's like a lieutenant or something. He's in his L.A. Not all that okay. I don't know. So lieutenant's like is that you not know, that good? Okay. I mean, it's um, an officer. Are you still a military police? It's like a low. Let yeah, me stop disrespecting Nah, you're good. I was just okay. saying. And why do you? Why is higher than like? Hey, bro, that's gonna be our new private. That's gonna be our new inside joke every time. Be like, 
because this is really just happened. I'm like, I just got on Messenger. Why did Jasmine just pop up the first thing on my message? Shout out to Jasmine. Shout out Jasmine. Jasmine's everywhere. Jasmine. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's more than a lieutenant. Let me stop disrespecting uh, this man. Like, like that man uh, went to like Brazil and stuff. Bro. Yeah, no, I'm not trying like, to disrespect him either. He from saying, LA. Honestly, like, he repping Dodgers. Oh, okay, the dot. All right, then, all day. Uh, all right. My first deployment, they made me a medic. My later, we gotta talk about that game one. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Not really a sniper, but we both came to hand with the sniper. Why are you saying that? No, I was. Oh no, you talking about the heat? Yeah. I thought you talking about game one of the. Week one when we played Cowboys. Oh, yeah, Cowboys. no, that was bad. That was anyway. Bad. Let's get off. Let's get off. Let's get off sorts. Anyway, he's active military. He's head up there. He does his thing. He got you. But, you know, he did a couple tours. You know, in Iraq and Afghanistan. That's hard stuff. Uh, he, he tried out for like some special, special forces. That's what I was going to do. Um. He said he's Air Force? No, he's Army. Oh, Army. Okay. Army. That's uh, He was like, he was a so, military like some Army Rangers type a, stuff. He didn't, he couldn't tell. I mean, that's like, he said it was well, the Army Rangers is tell. like the military special forces. It's like the Army Special Forces. Well, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, but he like he couldn't tell. I mean, it was confidential. He said he signed a confidential agreement. I mean, everybody does. Join the military. Well, this was like specifically about the spec ops. Yeah, I got you. But anyway, he military police. Yeah, over there. I'm guessing over here too. I don't know how that works. I'm pretty sure over there. And probably both. He was a vet. He was a medic over there too. We'll talk also probably a medic over there. It's probably what it was. I don't know what it was. I'm pretty sure it was over there. Too. I'm pretty sure he was doing the military. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen the video. Okay. He told me. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't look like no. Okay. You know what I mean? Over here. Yeah. Okay. Because that was some medic shit. I am not. That's the shit that I was. Oh, medic. Damn, y'all doing this? I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, that's so, like, that's although, on the real, some of them be doing crazy uh, stuff over there. That's what he said. He said that they, wild they be there. running through their camps and stuff. Uh, it gets wild. I didn't know. It was, I, did I thought it just. I thought they knew no, like that's like the Americans over there. Don't run over there. It's like the old school West, but the East. But anyway. Lewis, Long story short, military he wanted to do something where I currently teach because uh, the senior you know he's seen so many people be passed, uh, get and, uh, killed. He's seen so many uh, people just get hurt, injured. Um, well, you're in there. You're those guys are your family. So whenever you lose someone, yeah. it's, you're losing a brother. Mm -hmm. And I and I don't know. I believe so I don't know if he was hurt. Because like you know, he came back over here. I don't believe be so. I, bit, I don't, you know, I'm pretty yeah, bro. I think like no, I got you. The military, I know, I know how busy you can be. Yeah, no, I got you. And I know, for like, sure. but you know, quite what I do know, time for your hobbies or doing other back, things can kind of be like, hard. I gotta do something so, yeah. to help. 
Um, so Vets. I mean, dude, yeah, I'm like, absolutely. I, I've always been a, a C average. Student, okay, about so book called PTSD. I'm a, so put me on I'm a ground pounder. Oh I'm well, I thought driver. I thought you were ready. I'm sorry. Oh like uh, yeah. That Most sounds the valley cool, out there on Amazon, just, uh, Kindle, uh, and Nuke. I'm gonna have to check that out. Go check that out. I'm gonna get that. Go check that out on Amazon right now. Sounds like a good book. Ghost of the Valley. Out now. All right, on Amazon. A lot of my time in the community. I, I did that good. You know, really it's not all official. Okay, but anyway, PTSD is, is helping people about PTSD. Uh, but, you know, you know and I felt like there, tips there and stuff. Yeah, he, he got a done. whole chapter uh, about you know, sources on where to go get some help. Oh yeah, counseling, links, all that stuff. Who are so typically known as the more educated awareness well for PTSD. Uh, I should get that book from my old uh, goalie know, coach in high school. So Coach Munoz? Nah. Coach Alvarez. He was a he was an ex marine. Oh really? Yeah, man. He was wild, bro. Did he wake up like this dude? I don't uh, wake. He, this guy said he woke up one day and choked his wife, bro, on the cool. Because he thought on the cool, yo, he had her stuff wrapped just like a like a muslin, bro. Person on the cool, and he on the cool. He told the freshman one day that they were the reason that he beat his wife. I was like, yo, coach, you can't tell them that. I hate y'all so much. Yeah. That's the reason why I beat my wife and kids. That's exactly. And I was like, I was standing behind him like, coach, no. Nah. I can't say that. I don't traumatize these people. Hey, I ain't even gonna lie, Jasmine. You the reason why I beat my wife and kids. For uh, real. Can you tell a little bit of uh, you just talking about uh, the background yeah. growing up? Go ahead and say it. Say it. Say it. All, all I was gonna say is I've known a few Jasmines. They always yeah, cause problems. So are you? Are yeah, we? Are I, we? I okay. So are I, you I serious about the name Jasmine or the other name? Especially that other one. Like that, I, I'm never doing that again. You remember the that, one from the neighborhood? Me right. <laughs> she used to stalk me, homie. Bro, I ain't gonna lie, bro. You should have. And her brother was weird as hell. You should have gave her something. Hell no. Ain't nobody did it. You know she had that fire. Wasn't forced into it jail or it's like some shit. I just I thought about Danielle. You know, I just I yeah. kind of Danielle. always had that uh, that um that duty to country kind of feeling like man, I kinda bigger than myself. Um and so you know, I used to always play soldier in the backyard, my cousins and stuff. You so shamed outside of public with it, but inside and, out uh, in private. After high boy. school I did like a semester of community college <laughs> and I was fucking I was done with like with school. I didn't want to talk about PTSD. Back on your face. We going outside. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't a, it wasn't the face. And then my and then uh, I joined I joined the army for my high school. Just the wardrobe, like she was like, nah, I got you like that crazy. She was a black shirt, a black pants. I literally like I hate I when people do that. Like it is a hundred and five degrees outside, and you're wearing a sweater. What is wrong with you? I was locked in. I'm telling you, bro. And I get it. Like you look at it, like oh, okay, I get it. Nah, I don't you know, get it. You, kind of you the right I get too hot. What I needed, so. You know what I came to figure out yeah, that's a, that's about Jasmine? Sorry, Sean. Sorry, Sean. Hey, bro, we gotta go check it, check the book out, bro. Absolutely. Appreciate you. I'm a buyer. 
Hey, hey, you know what I figured out about Jasmine? What is that? She really wasn't ready. She really wasn't ready. I get that. I think she like got the grasp of what happened and was like. Now I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I understand that because like a lot of the time, I'll be ready and I'll be saying things and people say things. People love to say things. But whenever it comes See, the to like, army, the the army doing is known of the things for that y'all military said, general, any it's different. Is How is she, she said, she said, she said, you, like she said, in the Facebook deal, just me off. How can I go? This is how the Facebook thing was brought up. I said, and, this. she came over you know, one day, I've, I've and I was just like, death a lot hey, yeah, yeah, that's it. I was like, and you even on Facebook, and I was like, no, yeah, that no, hold on, no, no, no. I know it's cliche yeah, and it sounds really fucking like, stupid. What are you talking about? We're not dating. Man, is it fucking true? Slow. So many times I could have been two she, inches to the left. Confirmed. Took a fucking bullet to the face. Sixty some likes. All these comments. This other truck that got blown. Month later. And and the Facebook. I didn't like that. I didn't know he was going to get in a relationship when you asked me at the park. I thought you was talking about something else. And then to my closest people had to find out on Facebook. Like I, it's not how I wanted it. I'm just like, I'm just thinking myself like, damn. When did I go get a gun? Yeah, that, the right like when I go get a gun and put it to your head, like and figure my own you shit had out, to so, accept that talk I mean, at the park. You I, had I to come that day, but hopefully a month later, and accept that friend request on Facebook. And now all of a sudden, Byron works all fucking day morning from three a.m. to four p.m. Radio show, photo shooting, son, and I go out there to fucking with you to damn. Dudley, Texas, we crash the wedding going to the wrong way because you gave me the wrong address. Then we go to the right way. So, does that just show up at a wedding? Y'all just happen to show up at We happen to show up 2.5 miles in Dudley, fucking small ass Texas to another fucking wedding. Standing there. How the fuck did y'all manage that? Looking at all these white folks, I'm looking like, this is not the. I'm like, where's your best friend at? Who's supposed to be in the wedding? She's not here. I'm like, this don't feel right. She's gonna go outside, come back, and be It's 2.1 miles down the fucking road. We show up. My ex girlfriend is there. B's there. And then it's just like I sit the down at the end, being up 22 hours a day. Yeah, so the book, uh, and I do, the book is titled Ghost in the Valley, and it's about my experience in Afghanistan. Like that, and it's, uh, it's a fairly short read. I mean, should I write like honestly? I do that too, though. It's not going to tell you some new leadership philosophy you've never heard before. Of course, I was, little, I was probably be little. Because then, like, you know, I probably raw, wanted to go blow, go yeah, smoke right. and shit like you. that. You know, um, I've been up, I'm tired. Bro, that's I, all I, I like. Until that wedding. I feel you, because when I'm at work, that's all I'm thinking about. I was like, man, I can't wait to get off, go smoke, chill out. I have a slip up on having a little conversation that goes starts going south on the way home. And fucking dive ball. So you telling me, Sam. Four or five hours straight. A repeated um, conversation that so she said we already had on the way home. I just wanted to enjoy my boyfriend and, and talk about the night. Is, um, 
just that a plethora of resources, the Facebook bill, phone numbers, websites, and uh, me rushing her into being in a relationship because I can't rush anybody. Bro, you honestly, think, it think, sounds like she ain't ready. You think it's, 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 it's all me? No. You think I, it's, it, uh, it honestly it's sounds like she got too big for... She had too big of an idea for what she was ready for. I didn't want to be a biography about me. Too big of an idea. Like, she had an idea of what she thought that she wanted. Oh, I'm going to slide in B's DMs. Exactly. And then she got too... Chapter one throws you right in the middle of the battle. The idea of that got way more... Re- uh, got way right in there, re- more you real to her than what she was ready for. The first and second is what it sounds like. I think that's what it is. Because the only thing I'll give her battles, is so the negative energy. Really like, because that time I was bringing her energy down, I'm not going to cap on that. Like, but then, like, but like that's life, though. I just feel like I went through a funk, bro. Yeah, no, because, like, honestly, that's why you get in relationships. That's why I get in relationships where, like, so that if I get in a slump, like, they can help bring me back up. I got evicted. I guess they grasped. Two days later, my grandma died. Is, a month uh, later, chapter five and, grandfather uh, died. Yeah, it's like about a bunch of wild shit. I remember my cousin just died we like, yeah, a month ago or a couple weeks ago with a brain injury and well, it was on a yeah, counter in a fucking club parking lot. One of these snipers in our was car, a like, sniper. He was bro, I was going through some shit. COVID, all this shit. And it's just like, Sam, is this really me, bro? I'll be honest, is it me? He was an amazing shot. Um. He well, you, you can't say it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Bro. I got you. I oh no, you can talk. Spoilers. You can talk about that on on the air. That uh, is an idea. Nah, it's. I feel like it's gonna be a good escape. one. It's a doozy. But anyway, man, I'm sorry, Sean. We just had to use your thing. Honestly, we do that. We get on different tangents all the time. It's not on purpose. We do it Listen, listen, bro. I'm ass. I'm being an asshole now. It's mama. My motherfucking show. Be the asshole because I'm hurt. Ooh, I hate you, Jasmine. Anyway, it's your boy DJ Hazy's Warhol. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Make sure y'all go check out the. How are we going to get these women out of this kill zone? Talk about when you have three snipers coming aiming down at you. Sean, we're going to go get the book. I'm buying the book as soon as I get paid in two weeks. I'm starting a new job Tuesday. Oh yeah, that, um, yeah. Broken Arrow was called. I and guess. For those who no. aren't familiar with <laughs> hey, lingo, don't we all feel like that? Broken Arrow is an old Vietnam era. These days, if you're not doing what you love, work's a struggle. Fuck, man. I said no. I didn't have that problem last job. Yeah. And if they do not get going to Midland. Uh, we will all die essentially. You, you and liked so it? Every air didn't? asset that was I mean, available in Afghanistan what? had to come to our location. I don't like to I love yeah. so I woke out. up every so day, that, four days a week. That, that's very I woke up. I went and got a car. Um, chapter, my LT did I, die I went to work. I waited for a car. Got a car. Wounded, four of the wounded. Joe, um, two home. And then, and then the next Smoke. biggest battles chapter got eight, my shit. in which all the way to Midland. Again, Midland. long story Midland. short, oh, we go to help out. Got to Midland uh, a on, one, on Sunday, Monday. I work. 
Tuesday, Wednesday, literally sat on my motherfucking ass because I had nothing to do because we did it all fucking mo- Sunday and Monday. Okay. And I drove there. Work, drove back home, got paid to drive there and drive home. That's what's up. Sixteen of us That's Americans how. versus See, I liked that in Austin, you know, because all I got, all, I was so just driving, delivering parts. I like that, bro. Um, bro, I got paid thirteen an hour to drive around drive. and listen to my music all day. Thank you. Sign me all up. All day. Pay me my money. You know your boy loves music. Pay me my money. Okay, Sean, we're signing out for real. Hey, go get the book, y'all. Uh, Ghost of the Valley out now on Amazon and Kindle and Nuke too, baby. That new Barnes and Noble uh reading distribution app. You know what I'm saying? You can go check that out. And uh, yeah, I'm about to go get a copy in about three weeks. Don't hold it to me. Uh, Sean, I'm gonna try that to pick one up in that same amount. Of that time. I'm not getting it now, and I'm getting it in three weeks. Yeah, I was Money's tight, honestly. I was, tight I was expecting to get my thirty thirty-seven dollars back for my doing my fingerprints. Like, yeah, for my volunteer program. They did, and she said they're gonna have to cash. They're gonna have to write you a check. I looked at it for thirty-seven dollars, and I gotta wait for that. I looked at it for like the. But that's when you go. Round up. Hold on. That's when you go. That's when. That's when I should have been like, well, damn. That was supposed to be my motherfucking uh, therapy session that you said you was gonna pay last week, but you never did. Then I decided to release the book. That's why you just. That's why. That's why you just walk out. That's why you just walk out. You know, I can't speak for every civilian or anyone who's not in the military. But I felt like in I a feel way that not that this fucking book is going to change the world. I'm not going back to Dallas, though. Next time, I'm going back to Dallas for fun. I'm not going back to Dallas. And we got to and we got to plan this Washington trip. We got to plan this Washington I'm worried about the Washington trip. I got a honey dip in Idaho. I got you. I got you. She won't be. One step at a time. One step at a time. Bro, you know it ain't nothing to get a rental car for seven days. Bro, but you know it's something to take that time off work, right? Oh, I forgot. That's the other thing, bro. I got to save. First, I got to save money for those seven days. We got work? Bro, I work every day. Fuck. I forgot. No, Sam, you know, we're getting on. Like, Fuck work. I mean, I, I feel that. There's a lot yeah. of good people out there. I mean, this whole but until then, cop that's why we got to get on. I work every day. That's why we got to get on, Sam. Even when we get on, I'm and still going to work every day. No. It's just going to be a different job. There. No. Like you can't work every day. You got to travel some. I like this Thank you. Man, let me get off this, man. We yeah. This podcast was recorded September 23rd, 2020. 
This podcast is sponsored and hosted by OTWKTF and cannot be used without any written and proper authorization from the OTWKTF team or NDB, aka cannot be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in all of the part unless a proper authorization The statements and views in this episode are not affiliated with the OTWKTF. Which means to those who get uh, hurt over anything you hear, right, I or my team is not okay? like, okay. like, okay. not affiliated except for the ones that are affiliated, so please, don't get some serious shit today, guys, fine, but first, we got Sean, and I just like to Angels, Bambri, yeah, we got that man Sean Bambri, today on the show, man, oh, he's from Los Angeles, you can't tell, hey, 